Hi, I'm Joanne Murphy. Welcome to Try Talking Sport, the podium podcast for athletes, adventurers and endurance enthusiasts. Welcome to episode 7 of Try Talking Sport. This episode is being recorded in the studios of Galway Bay FM. In this episode, I am joined by Galwegians Dee Newell and Fergal Madden, who have just completed the iconic Channel Swim from the UK to France. Although they both completed the swim on the same weekend, they completed it solo, with lots of Galway support on each of their crews. This episode isn't just about swimming the Channel, it's about the planning, preparation and dedication it takes to complete such a crossing. Both Dee and Fergal join an elite group of Irish swimmers who have undertaken this mammoth challenge. For many, swimming the channel is the holy grail of endurance swimming, taking years of training, lots of planning and in many cases, numerous attempts. Dee is a Galway girl based in Dublin. She is a captain in the Irish Army and has a host of endurance and sporting challenges under her belt, including Ironman, marathon, kickboxing, bodybuilding and powerlifting. Although she swam as a child, she didn't really fall in love with swimming until she took up marathon swimming in 2011 and now enjoys all forms of swimming from long distance to dips with friends to ice swimming in the depths of winter. Fergal is also a proud Galwegian who is one of the founding members of Atlantic Masters Swimming Club. He took up swimming at the age of 29 and is proudly supported in his swimming endeavours by his wife Norma and his three children Ella, Jack and Saoirse. Although Fergal couldn't swim back then, he stubbornly battled through many a swim lesson so that he could earn a paddy diving qualification. His attraction to the water was fuelled and he progressed onto a variety of qualifications, including a professional dive master with Scuba Dive West. His swimming career and success was built on the back of this with numerous long distance swimming and ice swimming events under his belt to now include the iconic Channel Swim. Welcome to the show. Delighted you could join us today. I'm sure the celebrations of last weekend's Channel Swim success are continuing in Galway this weekend. Before we get into the nitty gritty of your fantastic achievement, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Dee, do you want to go first? Um, Hi Joanne. I'm from Galway, but I'm working in Dublin. So since I've actually completed the Channel last Sunday, today is my first day back in Galway. I'll be doing a bit of celebrating tonight with my family and friends. Um, so I'm in the army in Dublin, based in Cahalbrua. I've only been based in Galway for one year and I've done a good few bits and pieces of sports along the way. So I suppose I swam when I was younger. The little thing that was different about me from the other swimmers in Shark Swim Club in Salt Hill was that I came in the road from Carindola. So my parents used to drive me in for six o'clock in the morning training before school. So really, I wouldn't have the swimming skills that I have only for them. So a big thank you to them for doing that. Just explain to people who are listening from outside of oh, Galway yeah. how far <laughs> Carindola is from Leisureland. Well, it's 10 miles out the road, but like a lot of the other people in the club would have been from... Um, Salt Hill so they were walking distance to Leisureland which is the pool that we were in so like it it meant that my parents had to get me out of bed at five o'clock in the morning and try and get a bit of breakfast into me and then drive me in the Caroline which was a really dodgy road at the time full of bumps and uh, get me to Salt Hill all all before school so like I have a lot to thank you know that's massive dedication on their behalf before you even talk about the dedication that I have to the sport But yeah, like since then, I did a lot of, I went, I was a cadet in the Navy originally in 2003 for a year. Then 
transferred to the army. So I did my two year cadetship in the army. So I suppose the endurance of being the longest serving cadet in the defence forces, I'd say, is where I maybe got the, the start of the endurance sports. Yeah, and went on to do triathlons, kickboxing, bodybuilding, powerlifting and uh, eventually kind of settled on the, the marathon swimming and all kinds of swimming, really. And so the channel crossing happened. And then it just happened. It just happened. And we'll just stop right there now with you, Dee. And we'll switch over to Fergal, um, who definitely isn't as nervous today on the show as he was uh, before he started his swim early in the wee hours of Sunday last week. But Fergal, tell us a little bit about your background. I'm Fergal Madden. I'm from a place called Derry Donnell, which is about four or five miles from Athenry. I'm married to Norma. We have three kids. We have Ella. She's 13. Jack, he's uh, 11. And Saoirse is 6. Busy household. And this swimming takes up a lot of family time, unfortunately. And it's a little bit of a selfish sport. I work in uh, as a technical manager with uh, Coltrane Galway in Ornmore. We're a part of a worldwide company called Colas. My father is the late Tommy Madden. He was one of the top athletes in the 50s and 60s. And uh, one of the founder members of Derry Donald Athletic Club. Unfortunately, uh, politics played a pivotal role in, in athletics during that time and um, he, 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 he should have got to represent his country at the Olympics, but again, politics played a pivotal role in that. So you come from good athletic stock anyway? Yeah, yeah. my father couldn't swim. He was known as Madden the Runner. I think now I got the title as Madden the Swimmer. <laughs> so now all you, need, all you need is Madden the Cyclist. Maybe one of the kids yeah. down the line might represent Ireland. Uh, brother. Or your yeah. brother. <laughs> yeah. Well, my father was one of the top cyclists in, in the country as well. He hold, held a uh, national title in 1954. Wow. But the problem was at that time he couldn't keep tyres on the bike because the roads were in such bad, bad condition. Oh, wow. So I do a good bit of cycling myself. I've done the, um, the Ring of Kerry, Loch Nail last year, Tour de Connemara couple of those cycles. Very good and your swimming career only really started when you were 29. Yeah um, I only learned to swim when I was 29 years of age and the only reason I learned to swim was my friend Gerald Cronley from Target Fitness in Atonarai he was living in Sydney in Australia and he booked me in to do a scuba diving course and I said that's okay there's only one problem I can't swim so it was battle stations and at the time I was living in Cork and I ended up having to go into a pool in Mallow to get some swimming lessons. The first time I went in there, I uh, begged the guy in the house that was staying with me to come in and, you know, keep me company. And I spent one full hour hanging onto the side of the pool. I couldn't even swim the length of my body. And then I kind of knew I needed to get um, swimming lessons. And I got one-on-one swimming lessons with a girl called Sharon. She was the head coach of Mallow Swimming Club. And two years later, I eventually kept up with the swimming lessons and I qualified as a pool lifeguard. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you've, you've, you've actually gone from zero to hero before we even talk yeah, about exactly. really your swimming career, which started mm-hmm. only a couple of years ago, your endurance swimming career. Exactly. My uh, open water swimming really only kicked off in 2014 when I met Mark Dwyer and Helen Colfer in the Maldron Pool and they were thinking about doing the Francis Thornton Galway Bay Swim. And at the time, I thought they were absolutely mad thinking about doing a 13 kilometre swim. It took me two weeks of wrecking my head thinking about whether I do it or not. And the only conclusion I could come to was that if Mark can do it, I can do it. So I signed up and the rest is history. 
So you've completed Francis Thornton. You've both completed mm-hmm. it on multiple occasions. Yeah. Um, so it's the 13 kilometre swim from Ochnish in County Clare over to Black Rock in County Galway. And I've called you across the line lots and lots of times um, in the swim. It's an iconic event in Galway really, isn't it? Yeah, I've, I've completed it six years, uh, six years in a row since 2014. And I've done Loch Gill on three occasions as well. And Deirdre, what is it about the Francis Thornton swim that's just so special? Well, for me, like I, I swam with Kevin Thornton and like I'm that vintage that we all we all know the family. And um, I suppose my friend Andrea, she came over in 2016 to do it with me from from the UK. And she was blown away by just the swimming community that we have in Galway. Everyone is so friendly. Even in 2016, that year when I started training for the, the bay in Galway, I met um, Joe Canelli and Mike Flanley in the water one day. And I mean, that's they're like such a, a two welcome faces. They are like the welcome faces of Galway of Galway Bay swimming. Everyone will say hello to you. And it's like I suppose the fact that you swim from Black Rock, the majority swim from Black Rock, you're there at the finish line on a clear day, you're looking across at the start line. So I suppose it's something that no matter what distance you swim or where you're coming from, it's always something in the back of your mind. I wonder, could I do it? Because Mm. because it's so out there, you know. So then, of course, you move from the 13K uh, clear to Galway to the Channel Swim. So tell me, what is it about the Channel Swim, Fergal, that attracts so many people every year? Well, I actually moved to uh, a relay of the channel first with uh, Annette Cullen and Helen Colfer in 2017. We went over to Dover and we got blown out with the wind and we had to go back in 2018, more or less to the same day that I'd done the solo, we did our relay channel. It, it's the, the, the English channel is the ultimate in, in marathon swimming. It's, it's the Mount Everest of, 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 of swimming. 21 miles across, it's very unpredictable with the weather. There's seriously strong currents, strong tides. It's expensive. It's not cheap. You got to book it three three months in, or three years in advance. Yeah, the weather must play a huge part in it, Fergal. Though, because I know you were waiting for that window. Yeah, I to was, come through. D, you I was nearly weathered out, and what that means is there is a season, and the season is booked per tide. So the tides are broken into neap tides, which is where there's a less of a flow of water. So someone, if you're following their track, it won't have quite as distinct an S shape as someone who does it in springs who will have a bigger S shape. Now, I was booked on a neap. My pilot and a lot of the pilots don't book anyone on springs. And that goes back to, the, you know, it's it kind of goes back to they used to never bring people on springs because that, I think that used to be the fishing season, whereas the neaps was when they would bring people. Or maybe I'm after getting that backwards. But anyway, either way, it's a- allegedly easier to swim on a neap or I suppose people think it's easier because it's less of a distance if you're to clock your actual distance. But I mean, if you look at the time that you do it in and the distance that you actually cover, I mean, you're getting pushed and pulled. So realistically, if someone asks you what distance did you do, you did the 22 miles from Dover to wherever your finish point was. But just to go back to the way the tides or the tides are done, you have a window. About four people are booked on the window, and you're put in order of priority depending on when you booked it. So because of my job and um, having to travel overseas and the likes of, I had a shot in 2018. Couldn't take it because I was going overseas to Undaf. So I was in the Golan Heights far away from a swimming pool so when I actually did get booked on I was on a 
a cancellation list for 2019 and that's why I was slot four because last in is the last one in on the window. Neil Streeter, who is Alison Streeter's brother, she's the, the queen of the channel. She's done the most crossings of any person. He had one person booked on the spring, which is unusual for him. So she was a girl from Chile and she's the first person from Chile to do the swim. So once she got out, there was a guy ahead of me on the tide. So he was number two and then I was number three on the tide. And then we carried that over to the spring tide. So I was a little bit nervous because I had prepared myself that I'm going on a neap tide. You have less water to play with. Now everything had changed. My crew had changed because my crew had to go home. They weren't able to stay around with me. Barcliff, who who was living in the vicinity and he was my number one crew person anyway. And then now I had to get my head around swimming on a spring tide when I had been expecting a neap tide. But Cliff actually was so reassuring. He told me like one of his swims was done on a spring tide. His first successful swim after seven unsuccessful attempts. The first successful swim that he had was a spring tide. So that gave me great comfort to know that he had he had done that. And Barry Murphy, who com- completed it recently, a Dublin swimmer, he also had swam on a spring tide. And I've trained with him a bit in Dublin. So, you know, I had the confidence then that the spring tide would be OK. So what was it actually like out in the middle of the channel? Like I've seen the photographs, we've seen the photographs with the big boats in the background you obviously both love big boats but I mean the chop I mean sometimes you won't go into black rock when there's a bit of a chop but I I can't imagine what the water was like in the middle of the channel in the crossing Fergal well you're kind of focused on swimming you have your boat well on 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 for my swim my boat uh, was on my right hand side because I breathed to the right but yeah I I didn't see too many boats passing because you're faced on in the water you're focused on your swimming. You're swimming from feed to feed. Every 30 minutes, I, I took a feed. So, y- y- you know, you're just totally focused on, on swimming and you're not really looking around. But and, was and there jellyfish and fish? Yeah, and No, I didn't see any fish, but I got stung several times. Um, once during the night and a couple of times during the day. Basically, what you see in the water is a couple of jellyfish, some seaweed, and the visibility in the water isn't great. And that's basically it. You just head down and keep swimming, swim feet to feet. And am I right in saying that neither of you wore wetsuits? Correct. Yeah, you don't um, you don't go on the official list if you wear a wetsuit, but people do do it in wetsuits. And the day that I was out, someone was doing Enduro Man, which is the arc to arch. So you run from London, swim across the channel and then cycle to Paris. But um, they have the option of doing it with or without the wetsuit. And the guy who was doing it the same night as me, he didn't wear the wetsuit. So that was very comforting for me. I was like, at least there's someone worse off. At least I didn't run from London to be here. <laughs> and what was the, the difference in timing? So you say you were third on the list. So yeah. like the guy that went out before you or two people before you, like were they out three, four, five hours before you? Or was no, it no, literally it, oh no, a window? Like, yeah, it's a window. So you, if each boat, there's only about, I think it's six boats are allowed in the channel at a time because it is the world's busiest shipping lane. That's, that's the big pull mm. to it that it's, you know, it's such a famous body of water. So the French kind of dictate, they, imposed the rules you used to be able to swim from France to England you can't anymore and then I think they imposed that it has to be six it can't be more than six boats so only one swimmer per boat and then even if two boats are close together you're not you can't have swimmers close to each other one of the pilots would have to divert a bit if people were merging into each other 
so yeah, the windows, the way the weather worked out, my pilot did three swims back to back. So he went out on, so Fergal went out Friday night. So my boat was out, the number two swimmer Friday night. And they would have started around, they would have met at 11 and in the water for midnight, I think it was. And then the night before that, it would have been meeting at 10 and in the water for 11. And then for me, it was meet at midnight and start at one. So you're basically just, it's moving with the tide for the optimal start time. So yeah. did you sleep most of the day beforehand or were no. you awake or how no, did I you didn't. rest? And because because I had... Fergus is, shake, or Fergal is shaking his head here yeah, now. Yeah, no, this is the thing. Um, because I, I was in my own house. I had it all booked, lovely. But then, oh, your windows run over. I started quickly looking on Airbnb and everything was booked out or costing a fortune. So Fergal, I hadn't even put the call out and Fergal contacted me and he was like, we've a spare room in the house. Uh, one of his crew got injured. So he was like, you're more than welcome to come in. So I was like, brilliant, I'll do that. But I suppose the only time that that was an issue was when Fergal was out swimming. I was, of course, following his tracker intently to see how things were. I heard them all coming back. So a course came down to see how he'd gotten on. Then I was kind of... So you, you were finished by the time yeah. you started? Yeah. Oh, wow. So I kind of started having a little panic to myself. But then one of the... So there's a lieutenant colonel in work who he crewed for me on the Galway Bay swim when I did it in 2016. So lieutenant colonel Mark Brown, and he's the head of all the adventure training in the army. But he's also involved in the survival course that we do in work. So when I did the instructor course on... the in work on that um, there's one exercise where you're 24 hours on the run and then you're held hostage for about 16 hours after that so in my head I was like I've done this and he as I was thinking that he texts me saying you've been through worse remember the disco which is what the nickname is for the the um, hostage situation so I was like yeah I've, I'm so confident now I know I can do this and that's one of the things about the defence forces we get a bit complacent about the skills that that kind of a job gives you but then when, when it was really put up to me like I really think the waiting around I could compare massively to um, the time I was in Syria where we didn't we were moving camp and I didn't know if uh, if the move was going to happen but I had to plan for it like it was going to happen I was the operations officer out there um, in the end, it all ran perfectly according to plan. It was the waiting and the not knowing. So when I was waiting and not knowing if I was going to get a call, um, I was like, well, I've been through this. I did this last year. It's the exact same thing. And then the same thing with the survival exercise. Um, mm. I was like, yeah, I'm happy with work. Fergal, we joked at the start of the interview about how nervous you were before the swim. Like, what What was it? What made you so nervous? What were you so afraid of? Or what was wow. the... I'm always the a biggest nervous person. Well, I don't know if you've seen me before the Galway Bay. I kind of tend to go into my own world and try and get psyched up. I could have 20 of my clubmates beside me and I'd be the one standing on my own, just in my own world. I don't know, it's just my way of dealing with it. Why was I nervous? You're taking on something that's that's huge. It's a huge swim. You don't know how your body's going to behave after 8, 9, 10, 11 hours. You don't know how you're going to behave mentally. So, yeah, you have, there's a fear factor and, you know, I, I don't know how you can prepare for that. I haven't found the solution yet. The worst part of my swim was the pre-nerves. But once I got swimming, that was it. I had no doubts after that. And what was it like just stepping into the water? You don't step into the water, you jump into the water. We headed out of Dover and we travelled about 30 minutes on the boat to a beach called Sampire Ho 
Uh, is that where you yeah, same place, started yeah. the, the um, stop about maybe 200, 300 metres from shore? You gear up, you grease up, um, all you're wearing is a single swim hat, pair of goggles, pair of, ear, pair of earplugs, a pair of togs, a bit of Vaseline, some suntan lotion, and then you, and a light, a uh, little uh, night, night light. You jump into the water, it's pitch dark, you can't see what you're jumping into. You swim to shore, you exit the water, you stand, stand out of the water, then they sound the siren and your swim begins and you start your swim. Yeah, it's very creepy at night because your hand may touch something in the middle of the night. You don't know what it is. They say there's no sharks out there. <laughs> I, I, well, I didn't see any sharks. I, I seen a few jellyfish, but you basically just put your head down. You trust your pilot, you trust your crew. You just swim uh, from feet to feet and that's basically it. Yeah, your mind wanders, but you, you, you need to control your mind and think positive. Like my pilot, I was number two on my uh, window. Uh, I knew it was a spring tide. I had a pilot called Mike Orm. He's, he's one of the best in the channel. He has over a thousand crossings done. And it was the actual same boat we had last year. And the backup pilot was a guy called Mike Ball and a really nice man. And, you know, he put me at ease straight away, both during the relay and during the solo swim. And I, I can't compliment them enough. They're, they're, they're great guys. The crew is so important, really, when you're when you're taking on something like that, whether it's the Francis Thornton swim or the crossing of the channel. Dee, I know you had issues with your crew, but you did end up with um, Gavin Hennigan, who is no stranger to yeah. endurance challenges and to winning them too. Gav had said to me at the start, I'll come over and do your crew. And then, like, he's training for something himself. So um, we were humming and hawing whether he'd come or not. And then... When it came to it, so Andrea, my friend, who'd come over in 2016, my whole thing with the channel started when we were meant to do a relay. Um, Andrea just hates the cold. So she's like, look, I'm happier just swimming in a wetsuit. So we basically didn't get ourselves together to get the relay. So I was like, well, I'm booking a, a slot. And if it's a solo for me or if it's a relay for us, we'll make it something. She was loving being on the crew. So she actually came on the long distance training camp in Mallorca in April with me just so she could learn exactly what she needed to do for the feeding. So on my boat, he's he wants it limited to two or three people. I knew Cliff was going to be on board and Cliff has so much experience in the channel. So that was brilliant to have him. And he was the one who remained on. So I had the two of them. I was happy with that. Then my boyfriend, Brian, was saying, could his friend um, who lives in London, Andrew Ferguson, he's a sailor and he lives in a barge in London. So like definitely a good man to have on the boat. So he asked, could he go on it? And I said, well, why would you have your friend go on it and you not go on it? Because he thought that he'd soften me a bit because I suppose that happens when... And we'd gone to Kevin Murphy's uh, talk about the English Channel and that was one thing that Kevin Murphy and Kathy Bates had said, don't have a loved one on the crew because it just makes things go, go very badly wrong when they go wrong. Brian had crewed for me in Dublin when we did a swim from Kalini to Bray, so I knew he was solid and I was quite happy to have him doing it. Um, but then as it turned out, he had to go back to work. His boss was um, heading away, so he, he like there was no leeway on it. And it's not that his, you know, his boss was good enough to give him the time off that he had. Andrea had to go back and take care of her kids and get back to work. So when Gav heard that there was a bit of a delay, he was straight on the phone saying, I'm booking a flight. Um, and even at that, I said, you know, I'm not 100% that I'm even going to get out. But he said, it doesn't matter anyway, I'll book a flight and I'll do the drive home to Galway with you. Because I, I drove, so I, he drove me then back to Hollyhead afterwards, which was, 
you know, even probably more needed. Brian's friend then, Andrew Ferguson, he came down and um, he was on the boat as well. And I mean, they're not, they weren't the original crew that I had pictured, but they were the absolute best crew. Um, And we had this massive WhatsApp group uh, that like, I think all of the swimming community across the, the land we're in and across the UK as well. So there's loads of people in it. Cliff was just like an MC of Swim in the Channel. People have said to me since, you know, they didn't know anything about Swim in the English Channel, but now they have learned so much because people were doing a bit of Googling while I was waiting and wondering why I was waiting because they didn't want to be asking me and texting me. So people were just learning bits and pieces. And then when with this WhatsApp group, I mean, from the minute I got in the water at 10 to 1 that morning, there was updates and videos going and like people genuinely stayed up all, all night because I suppose their phones were going off and they had no option but to follow it. There's so a sport in itself, I think, in dot yeah. watching. I know yeah. that from the ultra cycling, yeah. you know, the family and friends of, of, of people that we But imagine dot watching with, well, yeah. with the accompanying videos yeah. and the MC, the, crack. the voiceover who is like explaining what, what you're feeding, what my stroke rate is, why the stroke rate's important. Oh, look, there's a ship in the background. You know, there was just so much involved in it. And like the guys were brilliant. So Fergal, you've mentioned feeding a couple of times. I want to come back to um, what you ate or what you ingested other than seawater while you were swimming. I had a combination of uh, carbohydrates, uh, electrolytes, energy gels and uh, caffeine gels, all liquid. I went to a sports dietitian, uh, Laura Mahoney. She was the dietitian for um, the Connacht Rugby team. And I also uh, sought the services of Honor Garrity, a nutritionist there from Loch Grey. And between the two of them, you know, I was able to select what food to eat and come up with a feed plan. My feed plan was, was um, very detailed. I used SIS products. I tried them out beforehand. The volume I used was 250 mils. It was, you know, basically it was in, in, a, in a drink bottle which was thrown into you in the water via a, a string. And it basically um, it took maybe 30 to 40 seconds just to, to down the feed. The first two feeds were every 45 minutes and then thereafter was 30 minutes. I remember uh, Mike Ball saying to me, every time you stop in the, uh, in, in the channel, you go back 200 metres. Definitely in the back of my mind. So keep the feeds short and snappy. And so get how, many feeds, how many feeds did you actually have? I reckon I had somewhere between 33 and 34 feeds for, for the entire swim. I was 16 hours and 46 minutes in the, in the water. A little longer than planned, but... It's you not got the there. That's the most important oh, yeah, thing. Yeah, it's time is irrelevant. The, the mission is to get across. So, 33, 34 feeds in the water, and they went down pretty good. And then, dear, did did you take a similar approach, or did you go down a slightly different route? No, mine was a bit different. So, I was away last year, so I missed all of the season of swimming. So, I was feeling cold training, and I was training in Dublin. So, all of my swims were done under fourteen degrees. So, I had trained on feeding every half hour. Um, so what you'd be getting in is a warm drink and um, that was important for me because I did feel the cold I found it very hard to put on weight as well I only put on a bit of extra weight known affectionately as the power pack in the last uh, two weeks because I was waiting I wasn't training as much and I was able to eat as much as, as I could but I had been quite skinny up to up to the swim which wasn't ideal but then got over to Dover the water was 18 degrees which was like so warm compared to training in 14 so Cliff said to me like I needed to think about feeding every hour. So I did that. And that actually turned out to be really good because I got in the water a few minutes early. 
the first feed was maybe an hour and seven minutes and then every hour on the hour after that. And I just alternated between two types of feeds. I used Yukan, which is a slow release cornstarch. That was my first feed. The second feed I had was Maxim, which is a fructose and glucose mix. The first Yukan that I got was re- it's really stodgy because you're mixing a dose which is designed to be mixed at 500 mils. I was mixing them to 300. I'd trained on feeds of 200 mils. So realistically, I wasn't... Well, I finished a few, most of them, but there was a few that I wouldn't have finished. So I did that every alternating hours. It worked out brilliantly because I was able... Up until 11 hours, I counted that I had done 11 hours. Then I did my half hour of power, as I've become... Uh, I've started calling it. That was to get out of the last shipping lane. So they did a quick stop and go. So that was... I think they gave me a feed after that. That was peaches and a maxim. And then the feeds went back to hourly after that. So yeah, how, how did you distract yourself? While you were swimming. Okay, so you were getting a break every 45 minutes or so and then down the 30 minutes. So you kind of knew you were, there was a break coming up probably. Were you counting your strokes or what was keeping you distracted to keep you moving forward? For me, the first two hours of any swim are the hardest. And I know if I get through the first two hours, I'm grand. So I and the first two hours, of course, were in darkness. So I had the first four hours really in darkness. And I, in my head, had said, like, I wanted to start at night because... My view was when sunrise comes, then that's a fresh start and you can nearly start another swim. Another thing I had looked at was the, the place where most people fail in this swim is coming out of the shipping lanes. And when you start to head in, it's in the last kind of 6k of the swim. So I was just saying to myself, I'm swimming to the start line and the start line will start when I get out of the shipping lane. But like I have, yeah, I have dark, I suppose you can call them dark thoughts in the first few hours. But um, there was a guy... That made an attempt at the channel while we were there waiting. Um, he was in a wheelchair and he only had one, the use of, like, I think one bicep didn't work on one of his arms. So he didn't get to France, but he swam for over 18 hours. So myself and Alice, we had been tracking him. And I said to Alice, come on, we'll go down to the marina and we'll at least cheer him in. Um, so we got down and we did cheer him in. And I was like, that's, that's amazing what he has done. So... I was thinking of him when I was swimming that I was like, you know, he did 18 hours. I'm at least, no matter where I end up after 18 hours, I'm at least going to do 18 hours. Another person who really inspired me, who like I haven't seen in years, but um, Ger Lavelle is a girl that I kickboxed with in Galway. And she was in college with me at the same time. And after we left college, she was in a car accident and she's paralyzed now. But she's been, she's moved to Sligo since and I've only been seeing her on Instagram. Like I haven't even been speaking to her, but there's a picture of her on Instagram in her wheelchair on a stand up paddleboard and she's paddleboarding. So I was just like, if she can do that, like I can do the channel, you know, I can do anything. So it's, you know, those kind of thoughts and you see, you just see what other people are doing and you kind of realise, you know, it's not really that much of a big deal what you're doing yourself and you'll just get yourself through it, you know. I think it is a massive deal and you're not giving yourself half <laughs> enough credit, but I can see you're getting quite emotional talking yeah. about uh, those two particular individuals. But isn't it amazing how you can get your body to such a point where swimming the distance of the channel and you've just said it's not that big of a deal? Like, how do you get your head around the thought of that distance? Prior to the swim, anyway, I got D to, um, with her uh, Sharpie marker, to put a lot of... Uh, sayings on my my arms to write down uh, one of them was um, 
uh, you're saying was swim from swim to swim was it or stroke to stroke no if you can't control your mind your mind will yeah. control you and then I had one of the uh, pilots said to me Mike Ball he said it's going to cost you £3,000 if you don't make this swim and I said no it's going to cost me £5,000 so I had that wrote on my arm I had um, on the right hand I had Atlantic Masters I had Joe and Mike they're the, you know, the, the two unsung the, heroes. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. The, the heart of swimming in Galway. I had Atlantic Masters. I had my dad on there. I had the wife, Norma, and my kids. I had a good friend of mine from the States, uh, Jim Stevens. He, he passed away there before Christmas. And I asked him, I remember asking him, what do you think, Jim, will I do this? And he said, go for it. And he, he passed away on the 17th of December, I do believe. Um, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, worked with him in the States. You know, and I also used, no more than D, we had a WhatsApp group, a core WhatsApp group, where messages were coming in, and were I used a whiteboard, so all these messages were flying in, and Alice Flood, who was on my team, was putting up the messages, and it, it was great. Uh, you know, that really worked for me, the, the messages from home. I knew everyone in, in Galway was watching, and all, all over the world, because we're on a tracker. Another friend of mine, uh, Patrick McKnight, he was in the States, he was on the WhatsApp group, and he was able to be plugging in messages as, as well. And also Alice had a direct LinkedIn to my wife, so she knew what was going on all the time. And of course, Alice herself has completed mm-hmm. the Channel Swim yeah. and it, it joins that group of elite Irish yeah. people to have, have crossed the channel. It must have been a great sense of security for you really, having mm-hmm. Alice as well as the rest of the mm-hmm. crew, but also having Alice who's so close to you all, yeah. because I know she's based in London, but she's a Galway girl as well, yeah. so I'm sure she was quite helpful and yeah, insightful. On my crew, I had uh, Pascal Phelan from Innes, who's top swimmer. He's done Lake Zurich, and he's also uh, swam in the uh, European uh, gala pool, pool swimming. I remember at the very start when I uh, booked the uh, English Channel, I asked him, and he committed to it straight away. And then I also had Paddy McNamara, Another, Another legend, legend, yeah. legend in uh, swimming in, in, in Black Rock and he's a great volunteer. He organises so many swims. I had George Curley originally on the team, but he hurt his shoulder and he was worried that he'd be a liability on the boat. And then um, I, I got a hold of Alice Flood and she was only delighted to jump on board. She was a great asset to have on the team. In terms of um, injuries, you mentioned um, one of your crew members worried about an injury. Mm. How did you stay injury free for the past months in terms of training? Dee, I know you're you're having physio at the moment on, on your arms and stuff, but how did you stay injury free with all your training? I would say I trained very smart. If I was to write down what I did in terms of training, people would probably say you didn't do enough training to swim the channel. I hate swimming in a swimming pool. And I, I thought you were going to say I hate swimming there No, no, I love swimming outside. I hate swimming in a swimming pool. It's so stinky and chlorine pitfall. But um, Kevin Williamson is an Irish Olympian in swimming. So he is coaching a Wednesday morning session um, in the Swan Centre, which is right beside work. So I religiously went to that. I got a couple of stroke uh, sessions with him. And then I would do my own sessions in there. But like realistically, I wasn't doing half the miles that Fergal was doing. Can I just stop you there now? Because would that not come back to the fact that you were a swimmer as a child yeah. and Fergal was only playing catch yeah. up? Would, would that have had anything to do with the, the I don't know. The it's miles? kind of like for me, I needed to do 
I needed to do the long hours at the weekends and it was all back to back swims. So like when the temperature started to heat up, I do an hour one day, two hours the next. And I, you know, the following weekend, it'd be two hours and three hours or it could be a two hour and a two hour. I had a kind of a, a rough program that Cliff had given me of what he did when he did his first successful one. And that was the type of program that Frida Streeter would have given out. So like the, the high point for me in my swimming was doing the six hours back to back. So you have to do a six hour qualifier anyway. I did that in April. So I suppose I started my outdoor swims quite early because I went to Majorca. The water was still cold though. Yeah, I went over to Abersock to my friend Andrea. So I was up at half four in the morning, flew to Liverpool, drove from Liverpool to Abersock, got in the water in Abersock after a quick shakeout, did my six hours, came in, quick bit of food, bed, up the next morning, another six hours, and then from there on the road to a meditation seminar that we were doing to, because for me, the mental side of it was very important as well. But to stay injury free, it was just a factor of knowing, knowing your body and listening to your body. Just because your plan is to swim four hours, but if, if something is going wrong, knowing when to pull back with it. And I had regular physio sessions with Alan O'Brien, who was, um, he works out at Kildare and he's really good. He's a sportsman himself and you know, he's brilliant in that I might say to him after a session, so should I train now? And he'll ask me, well, why do you think, why do you think you, why wouldn't you train? I'm like, I feel really tired. Well, then don't train, you know? So he's a real cop on approach to it. It's not the prescribed kind of, well, I've done physio on you, so you should not do anything for the next 48 hours. So yeah, really, I think listening to your body. And for me, it was having confidence in your body. A lot of work with the mind as well. Fergal, for you in terms of training, what were you rocking out a week? In last year, in 2018, I'd done just shy of a thousand kilometers of swimming. And up till I got across to the channel, I had pretty close to nearly 700k of swimming done. I had a great coach. His name is David Warby. He works out of uh, Atlone Regional Sports Center. I, he took me on board in January 2018. And without fail, he had my training program up every week. And equally, I could call him when I felt um, to go through any of the training or any advice. He had one saying, he said to me at the start, and i never forget it, he said, I will have you fit for the channel. And no question about it, he had me fit for the channel. He maintained that all the training I was done, he called it money in the bank. And he said I would cash in on that on the day I swim the channel. And how right he was. It, like, like D, I had a serious amount of uh, physio because I'm, I'm not that flexible. So I had Emer Collins. She'd done the majority of the physio I had. I went to Emer Craddock for a, a couple of sessions early on. And lo and behold, people were telling me to try yoga. And I eventually got the courage to go in and do yoga uh, last September uh, with hot yoga in, in, the, in, in Rinmore. And that helped out as well. I um, also used the... Um, the rubber bands the, uh, for, for stretching out before any swim. But I'd done a serious amount of mileage. Yeah, I had a lot of niggles. I have a, an impingement on the left uh, tendon, on, on the left shoulder. I had to get a couple of steroid injections into it. But thanks be to God, it's, it's held up for the swim. So how, Fergal, did you manage work, wife, three kids and training? <laughs> and then Deirdre, the same kind of question for you, but coming from being overseas and not having access to a pool last year. Fergal, I'll, I'll come to you first with that um, one. How did I do it? I, I'm, I work in Ormore, so lucky enough, um, in the winter, I was able to get down to Rimville Pier 
I'd done a lot of my swimming down on Rimville Pier. It's only about three or four miles from work, so I'd scoot down. Like in the height of the winter, you're only going to get a 20-minute uh, swim, maybe 25-minute swim, because, you know, you have no evenings. But the majority of the swimming during the uh, the winter months was in the pool in the Kingfisher and Rinmore. Um I would get in there, I would have a training program, and I'd just jump in and swim. Again, yeah, it's it's a it's it's a very selfish sport. You miss a lot of family time, but you have to put the training in. You have you have no choice because there's no point attempting a channel swim, uh, you know. And if you're if you're not if you haven't the training done and you're not 100 percent committed for it, it was my biggest worry. Time management was a huge issue when I uh, took Dave Warby on board, and that's why last year you know it was great to try it out and see how it went like even though i was swimming for really last year but my training was solo was based on a solo channel swim and i knew then coming into 2019 yeah i could i could manage the time now if you ask my wife she'll probably kill me <laughs> she won't she must be very proud of you as no. are the kids um yeah but it's you don't realize how much time it takes up it's it it, it takes over your life everything is swimming again i would go into the pool all my trainers on training peaks. I use a Garmin Phoenix Five, so the minute it synchronizes with my 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 uh, mobile phone, um, it's like Big Brother's watching you. My coach can see exactly what done my pace, how much distance. So there was no point hiding. You you either done it or you forgot it. You know. Well, I think it. when you're taking on an epic challenge mm. like the Channel Swim, you either go in all in or you just don't bother. Exactly. You have to give it a hundred percent, and and have no doubts about it. D, in terms of managing your work-life balance, you know, living in Dublin, going overseas, hating swimming pool swimming, needing to be by the sea and then ending up abroad. Yeah, I'm I'm actually quite bad at work-life balance. If there is such a thing. No, I'm like, I, <laughs> I let myself get really stressed. I would stay in the office as late as I need to to get work done. And I had a big wake up call just before we went to Carlingford. I actually had to go to the doctor and I was it was it was stress. It was just pure stress. And I had a, an hour long cry and chat with the military doctor, which people don't do. People don't talk about stress and the stresses of the job and the defence forces um, because you're afraid of being medically downgraded. But it was purely stress and while I was having the conversation with the doctor, he was asking me, well, who's your boss and who's your other boss? And I was like, it's not the bosses, it's me. I put this pressure on myself. And I think it's a lot of women in the Defence Forces put the pressure in themselves because you feel like you're always striving and you never want to be in the wrong because you just feel like you have something to prove all the time. You know, so I suppose you could go deeper into the psychology of it all <laughs> there with that. But um Maybe yeah, another day. Yeah, maybe another day. But after after that, um, so I went up to Carlingford, the North um, the North Channel training camp, and I was signed up to do a 10-hour training swim up there. After an hour and a half, my hips totally locked up, and there was points of that swim where I fell paralysed. So at four, and a half, at four hours, I said to Paul Rick Mallon, I was like, I need to get out. I was like, I'm not able. Um, I was like, my hips are totally locked up. So they said, just keep going for to the next feed. And I, when I, it came to, like, it was... It was 4.30 when I got out and I was totally locked up. And sometimes when you're swimming in, you know, in an endurance sport like this, you'll hear of a lot of people getting the sore shoulder when they're swimming. But yet when the ladder is put in for them to get out, they're perfectly able to use their two arms and climb up the ladder. I knew it was an actual genuine thing when I was 
really struggling to get onto the boat because my hips just wouldn't work. And I do think that was a direct result of being so stressed. So when I saw the effect that that had on me, I said, I really need to reevaluate things. Um, I'm actually so lucky in the job that I'm in. Um, everyone is so supportive. And when I just realised that it was me putting the pressure on myself, I was able to totally calm down with everything and um, make it all work. Yeah, being away last year was tough, but I got definite benefits from being away last year. It is a stressful job. I'm, I was able to handle it. You know, when I was away overseas, I was very well able to handle it because what else are you doing? Only you're, you're away overseas. There's no other option. But like I mentioned earlier, the fact that of the, you know, the type of job we were doing with the moving camp and will it happen, won't it happen? It, it really set me up nicely for the waiting around for the swim. Will it happen? Won't it happen? So, you know, I think work has only been a benefit for me in the way my swim ended up. And um, I mean, they were so supportive. I rang back when I was saying that there was possibly a chance of me getting on over the weekend. But that would have meant, you know, it might have ran into the Monday. I might have needed to not be back in work until Tuesday or Wednesday. And the answer that I got was stay as long as you need to stay. You're not going to get this chance again. So like there's not many employers that will have that response. And it's just it's it's the way people in the defence forces are. They have a very can do attitude and um, people will put the shoulder to the wheel and make things work. Like there was there was someone at home double jobbing to cover for me. But I know he didn't mind doing that at all. He was just happy that I was getting to do this. I suppose it all paid off in the end when the Taoiseach uh, recognised the, the swim and congratulated me on Twitter so you know it's all um, it's all appreciated and the army are quite proud of me for what I've done Well I can imagine everybody is proud of both of you considering you know considering you swam as a child gave it up did loads of other things Ironman marathons powerlifting bodybuilding all that kind of stuff and then Fergal for you to get to the age of 29 and decide to to take up a paddy course because a, a friend in Australia was it Australia yeah. or America decided Australia. Uh, this would be a great crack and we'll do it um, yeah. you know it it's a serious achievement you know have you actually reflected at all on what you've done I don't want to make you cry yeah but you know sitting here listening to both of you it's amazing I'm definitely only coming down to earth from it now like yesterday was the first day that I even felt tired after it you know it's like my mind has been buzzing since because when I had such a weight and such a will I won't I go the one thing I said to myself was enjoy it and I enjoyed every bit of it and I genuinely thought if they told me I had to swim back to Dover I would have done it because <laughs> I had plenty of feeds on board. I had made up 28 hours She's so of practical. feeds. <laughs> 20, how many hours? I had 28 hours of feeds of my UCAN and my Maxim. And then I had 10 hours of feeds of CNP made, which was my, in case everything goes wrong and I need to change feeds. Then I also had the containers of the feeds in case I needed more because the, the record for the, the person to do a solo in the longest amount of time is over 28 hours. So I was perfectly prepared to make a new record, you know. <laughs> That's madness. Absolute <laughs> madness. Um, bringing it back down um, to, I suppose, the generic aspect of marathon swimming and, and stepping aside from the channel just a little bit. What is it about marathon swimming that excites you or that makes you want to, to do the long distance stuff as opposed to some of the shorter stuff as opposed to doing an Ironman again D um, maybe Fergal doing the likes of I'm sure you'll be back to do the Francis Thornton and Lockheed mm-hmm. and the Great yep. Fjord Swim is on sure. shortly as well and you know but what is it about the long stuff and I haven't even touched on the ice swimming which is absolutely mental <laughs> well you said it not me so the um, marathon swimming Fergal um, yeah I 
I don't know. It's 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 a challenge. Um, I always like challenge. You, men- you mentioned the ice swimming. We're both involved in it. I suppose how I got into the marathon swimming, I suppose first and foremost was the Galway Bay. And then I happened to be down in Cork doing the Lee Swim and I met a guy called Ned Dennison. Um, I was sitting on a, on a picnic table and he came up and he introduced himself. And he's uh, an American guy and he's living in Kinsale. And I knew about his uh, camp in uh, Kinsale, Cork Distance Week. And I applied, it's, it's invitation only. So I, 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 I emailed Ned and said, hey, any chance I get on this camp? And he said, send on your mileage. And his, his, his response back to me was, you haven't enough of mileage done. You need to do more. So I said, okay, I'll prove myself. So I done more. And eventually I got the invite in 2018. And I went to Kinsale and I met these guys from all over the world. I only can describe it as the Olympics of open water swimming. What they had achieved was unbelievable. Like we were only talking about a one-way crossing of the English Channel. Some of these people have done trebles. They have done doubles. They have done Catalina channels, you name it, seven oceans, six oceans, five oceans. Here, what we've done the last day is only a warm-up compared to what these guys have done. And no more than what these mentioned as well, getting up to hit the wall camp in Carlingford with Park Mellon and the Infinity crew was, was brilliant. Again, you meet some serious marathon swimmers from all over the world, and that inspires you to take on these massive challenges and they're more than eager to help you along the way encourage you uh, mentor you and um, and to say go for it yes you know the sometimes the uh, the impossible is possible if you put your mind to it and train it, it can be done do you, do you realize that you're going to be massive inspirations to people for years to come that look across Galway Bay and say you know what I'm going to swim the channel I actually realised that on my WhatsApp group. What The biggest thing that hit me about the WhatsApp group that I had, once I had landed, all these pictures of people that were watching it and tracking it with their kids. Like kids who, some of the kids don't even know me. And it's like, if kids have seen that someone they know did the channel at that age, it's like, that's amazing, you know. And like I've put it out there to people that I'm happy to go and talk to any school. Um, I'm actually happy to talk to anyone about it. <laughs> um because, you know, I just think it's such a good thing for people to have an interest, especially kids to have an interest, you know, in the age that we're in where everything is so zoned into a screen. To have something where you're actually out, immersed in nature, that you take, um, you just take a bit of pride in your environment. I mean, you see the situation we're in now in Galway and in Dublin where you have your sewage spills. Like, if we have people that are actively in the water, we will be raising a generation of activists that will say that is not acceptable. You know? And we're very lucky in Galway that yeah. not only do we have such a strong swimming community and we have a lot of young athletes now making it big on the national stage yeah. and international stage indeed. Even recently, um, was it two weeks ago, we had some great results in swimming um, from Galway athletes, yeah. born, bred, you know, everything. And they, they were like, it's amazing. It's such yeah. pride. But then we also have the bay as a resource. We have the river as a resource. You have Loch Ray Lake as a resource. You have Colin yeah. and Muck. You know, we're really surrounded with huge opportunity to make the most of yeah. the water. Exactly, yeah. Because um, like it's a natural resource. Like, you know, the facilities definitely need to be improved upon. Y- you know, it, we have in the heights of winter, I think, um, according to Paddy Mac, Two and two to three hundred people using Black Rock um, on a regular basis, so we need to look after, you know, Galway Bay, and provide facilities for the swimmers, and that includes like Black Rock, Rimville, and Ormore, and over the Kinvara site. 
Mm, I'd forgotten about those actually. Yeah, there are mm-hmm. other big uh, swimming communities as well. And of course, in Galway, we have the 365ers that go mm-hmm. down every single yeah. day of the year, doesn't matter. Yeah. What, but even what yeah, going across like? the far side, like because a lot of the people from Atlantic Masters would live over by Kinvara and Lynch's Pier is where the Atlantic Masters mm-hmm. have their swim every year. So that's going to be on the 14th of September yep. this year. And like the amount of people who come, like I had people f- that I know from Dublin come down to that a couple of years ago and they're like, this is beautiful because the water is clear um, and it's just a different swim. It's one that's a bit off the beaten track, off the usual, you know, everyone comes to Galway and thinks to diving boards in Black Rock. But then you go across to Kinvara and it's like, wow, this is amazing. It's like the um, hidden gem. Yeah, exactly. Right. Quickly tell me about ice swimming. As they both laugh. Ice swimming. Mm. So Indeed. what what are the cri- what's the criteria the for water, the water ice has swimming? to be below five degrees? Um, you, it's the same uh, outfit as the English Channel. <laughs> you wear one one swimming togs. You're allowed to wear earplugs, one hat, um, and the goggles. So you can do various distances. So we had the I'm involved in the Ice Swimming Association in Ireland. So we had the championships in Armagh th- uh, this year one kilometres and then you have 500 metres, 100 metres and, you know, various relays and things like that. The, the World Championships were on in Russia. That's the one kilometre. There's also a mile swim. So Fergal has completed uh, three miles, two miles. I've only done 500 metres because I refuse to let go of the ability to dress myself at the end of a swim. But I am going to Antarctica in 2020. So next February, I'll be in Antarctica and I will swim a kilometre there. So like Lynn Cox, you know, swimming to Antarctica, she would have been an inspiration of mine on, the, on you know, the whole what's possible in sea swimming. So she famously swam in Antarctica and I'll hopefully do something similar when we go when we go there. But um, no more than marathon swimming, ice swimming requires the crew. So... I pulled back from swimming distance in the ice uh, when Fergal started pushing forward because we were training in Loch Ray Lake and there was no safety. And I said, well, I have my paddleboard and I'm happy to go alongside and do rescue, do recovery. And, you know, I'm happy to, I prefer to swim in Armagh, which is a 25 metre outdoor pool um, because I just like knowing that it's safe. You know, it's the kind of thing that, it would be very stupid to go out without some safety cover because when things go wrong, they go wrong quick and they go wrong bad. So um, for me, I do the pool training and, you know, when I have to secure safety measures in an open water space, I'll do it. And after that, I'm happy to just be the safety person for everyone else that wants to do it in the lake. And if somebody wants to get involved in ice swimming, what's the best resource to go to for Ireland? Cold water. Yeah. <laughs> as in in terms of finding out more like not um, jumping into the freezing cold water in the middle of winter Fergal there is um, I'll give you the, the website for the Ice Women Association and you can add it to the bio but Wildwater Armagh I'll give you that as well that's Ian Conroy so he's um, he'd be involved in the North Channel as well so he has it's his resource it's in his back garden literally he has a two lane 25 metre pool and I would say if anyone wanted to try it that is the only place to try it because of the safety measures that are in place and he is such experience and he's such a good guy and if you're listening from anywhere outside of Ireland make sure that you get on to an accredited website when you're looking yeah, at the definitely, ice swimming yeah, yeah. for both of you for anyone who is looking to maybe get involved in endurance swimming whether it's you know 
what what's considered endurance swimming these days? Is well, it I like marathon swimming? Marathon swimming, maybe over a ten k. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so somebody who's interested, other than joining Atlantic Masters mm-hmm. Swimming Club, which is based here in Galway, but yeah. from aside from that, if somebody wants to, well, to we look have, at doing it. We've such a great facility with the boys in Galway Bay, mm. and they're. Galway Bay is such a great safe spot to, to start exposing yourself to it because you're never too far from the shore and you can bail out at any time and walk back to prom. You know, so I would say rather than going into the pool and trying to beast yourself, getting yourself through all the laps of getting your four or five K, whatever done, the, the distance passes a lot easier when you're doing it in the sea. But the only thing about that is go with someone, wear a tow float. So a tow float is like an inflatable, highly coloured ball that comes along behind you you snap it around your wrist or around your your waist and it's just like a little belt I did all my training wearing it because I was always the only swimmer and then my friends were on a paddleboard if they were feeding me during the summertime like the lifeguards are all along so if you tell the lifeguards at Black Rock I'm getting in here I want to swim to there you know they can talk amongst themselves and kind of know to keep an eye out for you especially if um, if you feel like you need it but definitely swimming with other people or if you have friends who have a kayak or a paddleboard get them to come along with you and and then in terms of maybe looking to swim the channel Fergal, if we've people listening here now who've been really inspired by what you're talking about, they're already marathon swimmers and they want to consider taking it up. I presume joining a club is really the very first yeah, port of call for the support and the knowledge and getting in touch with people maybe that have done the channel swim before. Yeah, I would I would recommend joining a club, but equally, no more than what Dee said, um, I have no problem mentoring or giving advice or talking to people. People have helped me along the way and they have given me their knowledge and experience and I have no issue passing that on to whoever if, if someone wants to have a go at the channel they just got to take it serious it's not an easy swim as Pascal Phelan says you're going for a long swim and it's a long swim <laughs> it certainly is one of my final questions for you have you planned anything else this year or I know you have a big goal for 2020 with the ice swimming but is there a long distance is there a couple of oceans or anything in your future there's seven out there all right mm. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure to put on yourself and everyone like I've always been out there saying I want to do the North Channel because it's it's the home channel but it's a lot of pressure to put on yourself to commit for me like I have overseas to consider in the middle of it all the fact that for all of these swims you have to sign up two to three years in advance you know you can be planning your life away so Park Mallon is the pilot of the North Channel. He was texting me to congratulate me and I really bit my tongue <laughs> to not reply saying, so how are we looking for a slot next year? <laughs> because like, I don't know if I'm going to be overseas next year. You know, and you don't know what way life will... You know, I don't have kids. I'm 34, so will I be having kids in the next few years? You know, th- these are all things to think about. It's definitely something I would like to think about, but the North Channel is something I would like to do. I just don't know when I'll do it. Fergal? Yeah, well, I've spent three years building up, um, training, suffering, freezing myself off uh, at Rinville and Black Rock. Yeah, well, I have to talk to my wife first. She'd probably kill me. But, uh, you know, why not? We may look at a big swim next year. We're we're thinking about it, but I have to get permission first, unfortunately. (laughs) Well, I think we should watch this space. But in the meantime, congratulations to you both. Such a fantastic achievement. And you're so down to earth and humble about what you've achieved Um, I hope you really do enjoy those celebrations, not just this weekend, but in uh, many, many weeks and months Mm -hmm. to come. Um, Um, I'd just like to say, you know, to thank everyone that has 
helped I suppose helped both of us along the way like like the swimming community in Galway are, are brilliant the guys that dip every day of the week throughout the winter the likes of Donny, Joe, Mike, Betty, Pat all those guys that swim there every day you know it's it's it, it, it encourages us to to go and do these challenges and again like Atlantic Masters you know it was set up in 2014 we've nearly 70 members at the moment and we have a brilliant club and again you know, I know we're talking about the channel, but everyone has their own channel, be it a one kilometer swim or two kilometer swim. Everyone has their own goal. And again, it's, you know, big thanks to all the team that have helped me along the way. On the 24th of August, I'm having a bit of a gathering in the Malden Hotel at eight o'clock. So everyone's invited. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be flying in from across the world, Fergal, for the party. <laughs> well, I what I'll do is uh, in the in the, in the the website, I'll put in your contact details. So if anybody yeah. does want to get in touch with you um, to chat about maybe taking on some marathon swimming or indeed on the channel, they can find you there. Huge thanks to the team at Galway Bay FM for the use of the studio to record this episode this evening. Thanks as always for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please take 30 seconds to give us a review on Apple Podcasts and on on the Facebook page Try Talking Sport. For more information and to check out our previous episodes, log on to www.trytalkingsport.com. You can also subscribe for free across all podcast platforms. <laughs>